The Baltimore Ravens should fear no one in the NFL. They're the best team. And while it doesn't necessarily mean they'll win the Super Bowl, they're a team that has the best chance. We'll talk about why the Ravens are the best team in the NFL and so much more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked on Ravens. We're your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. And I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens. We're here with you as always on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you as always for tuning in with us today. Making Locked on Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That's in video form on YouTube, audio form, wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe in both ways and you can listen to us in audio form or video. And you're not missing out. It's the same show, both audio and video. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It is Purple Friday. The Ravens have a big matchup with the Miami Dolphins coming up in Week 17. The battle for the one seed, essentially, is if the Ravens win, they lock themselves into that one seed, and then there'll be a ton of conversations about how the Ravens should handle potentially multiple Five weeks here to talk though about the Ravens and if they're the best team in the NFL and if they should fear anyone is former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver and a Super Bowl champion, Kadri Ismail and Q. What a win in week 16 against San Francisco. I, I, we both picked the Ravens to win, although I don't know about you. I didn't expect it to go the way it did, but boy, am I happy it did. Well, I know Vegas was saying what they were like a five, five and a half point underdog. And I guess since we both picked the Ravens, we should have put some money down on that sucker because wow, did they blow the whole thing out the water? Um, I, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I think when you see good teams, they play best towards the end of the year and up against upper tier teams, they're equal. Well, when you look at the Baltimore Ravens and you write the script for the regular season, and I think you posted this up on X like the Ravens against the NFC dominated against the best teams above 500 dominated on the road dominated like unreal how good of a job they've done all year long and to kind of hit their stride if you will going into arguably the toughest challenge to date I mean you you what is it? Out of the frying pan into the fire? Yeah, okay. We got the 49ers, best team in football. Their quarterback is the MVP. This is going to be it. Oh, my God. Well, 27 million people saw this game, and it was phenomenal. Well, now we're going to see a 1 o'clock game that is going to be epic. And I think all eyes in Baltimore are going to be on CBS and watching just what a phenomenal game this is going to be. Yeah, game of the week potential for sure between the Ravens and the Dolphins. And before we get into our conversation about the Ravens, you know, best team, fearing people, or not fearing anybody, honestly, the point you made about travel and them on the road, they are done with their road games. Their last two are at home. Now, they could potentially be in Baltimore up until the Super Bowl if the AFC runs through the Ravens, which, again, we'll talk about as the show goes on. But we talked about it earlier in the year, Q. So they're a 7-1 and one team on the road. They they – passed that test with flying colors 
But it's not just that. They had to travel thousands and thousands of miles this year. They had to go to London to play the Titans. A couple West Coast trips out there to Arizona and to San Francisco and they were moving around. To me, it's equally as impressive. Not only the Ravens, they went on the road, they played in hostile environments and they won those games. But the fact, I mean, Michael Pierce talked about it. Some other players have talked about it. You, of course, yourself during your career, you experienced it. That travel's no joke. And the Ravens, again, what they did to me is super impressive. Road Warriors. Uh, that That's what it is. You know, I, I think um, to take Lamar Jackson's, you know, theme from this year, last time out, it was nobody cares, work harder. Well, now it's locked in. And like, just being locked in is is tremendous. I am impressed by the way they're playing. I am impressed by the way they, as a team, gel together. You know, you have your different personalities in that locker room. You have, you know, obviously a superstar in Lamar Jackson. You have a uh, somewhat social megastar in Odell Beckham. Uh, but you don't see that. You don't see, you know, you see a guy like a Kyle Van Noy who – has been on championship teams before and uh, been around, you know, superstars of his own on different teams. And you see how he's just gelling and showing love to a guy and arguably the best linebacker and Roquan Smith. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's this attitude of, of accountability, of flexibility within uh, the locker room and, 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 and guys recognizing, you know, their role and embracing their role, the long arm of the law. Like he just continually just shows up and impresses. So I think it's 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 something different that uh, I'm I'm excited to see it continue, and I'm anxious to see how the story is written when we look back on it. Yeah, and to me, look, this is the best team in the NFL. Obviously, there's a lot of conversation about oh, you talked about it, San Francisco, and all these players they have, and how good they are. Baltimore went into their stadium, into their city, and and. Stomped them. They beat them down. And to me, I think they kind of almost like Lamar snaps the MVP from Brock Purdy in that sense. The Ravens kind of snaps the best team in the league title. They have the best record. But I don't think they should be fearing anyone. And there is a difference between not fearing anyone and then just being cocky and being, yeah, we're the best team. No one can beat us. Obviously, that's that's not how the Ravens operate. You you talked about Lamar's mindset, this team's mindset. They respect their opponents. It's 1-0 every week. And they have to play. Honestly, I think the Ravens like being the underdogs. Lamar certainly does. He he wants to be the underdog every single week. But look, this defense has played lights out all season. They've been incredible. It's the best defense in the league, in my opinion. The offense has begun to find their stride a little bit more. They've scored 30-plus, and I I still can't remember the exact amount of games it's been. But over the past two months, I think that there's more of an identity with the way that both units are playing off of each other, I think it was evident in the San Francisco game. The defense got the offense the ball back, and the offense turned it into points. They scored on, what was it, seven straight possessions against the 49ers. We we talked earlier, Q, in the year about, you know, the Ravens' defense was getting them turnovers, getting them opportunities, and they were not scoring points. They were not capitalizing. So to me, I think this is the best team in the NFL, and it should be other teams that are fearing the Ravens, not other not the Ravens fearing other teams. Yeah, I, number one, like the underdog thing is because in in Lamar's mind, and, and I get it, like sports psychology or just psychology in general, like when you look at the, the bigger picture of things, it's like we didn't earn anything. Like we need to continue to earn it. We need to continue to stay locked in, stay focused. I think what happens is 
if you let yourself say, hey, we're the favorites or we, that, that means you've accomplished something. But Lamar knows, based upon what he said when he walked out there, talked to Deion Sanders on draft night, his, his goal is, I want to win a Super Bowl. I want to be that guy to bring a Super Bowl championship here to Baltimore. Believe that. That was what he said. And so when you look at now, they didn't earn it. They haven't earned it yet. So, like, we are underdogs. Uh, we, we have to stay locked in. And I love that mentality because then you see how he's getting on his guy. You see the leadership. Bro, that's, that's, that's what makes champions. And I think, again, other teams, sure, they have their style of play. I, I, I see with – uh, Matthew Stafford or or Trevor Lawrence or, you know, um, Brock Purdy and, and Kyle Shanahan. We're going to see it at, at the vault, you know, on, on New Year's Eve with the Dolphins. Like that brand of football, and I'm not saying it's finesse, but I'm also saying that the Ravens defense has set the tone by hitting that kind of flowing style, give you multiple looks, do some motion type offense. Like they don't freeze. Mike McDonald has his team blasting you in the mouth. And guys like a Patrick Queen, they're embracing it. Travis Jones playing a five technique and bullying a tackle all the way into the backfield on Brock Purdy. Like that is awesome. You get you get like a, a, a Kyle Hamilton, Mr. Long Armor of the Law, like he's just all over the field. You, you, you got Brandon Stevens. Like, man, y'all can say what y'all want about. We need this guy. We need that guy. I'm here. I'm about to show you. And all he's done is just shown up week after week. Marlon, he gets called out by Lamar, says he gets called out by Lamar. What happens? He comes out there and shows up big time the last few weeks. He's been balling. So can I just keep going on and on? Let's not even talk about Matabiki. Let's not even talk about Clowney. Let's not talk about Van Noy. Man, these guys, it's just, it's its exciting to see. But all of them, it goes back to that mindset of, all right, whoever we're playing, they better show up because we definitely showing up. Yeah, and look, no team is perfect. That includes the Ravens. But in order to construct a Super Bowl winning franchise, Super Bowl winning team, a lot goes into it. It's star level talent. It's depth talent stepping up. It's the coaching staff. It's buying into the system. And the vibes are a part of it too. And the mindset is a big part of it as well. I think all of it's meshing for the Ravens. Now, does that mean they're guaranteed to win the Super Bowl? No, they got to go out there and earn it 100%. But things are moving in the right direction for the Ravens. And coming up in the second part of the show, we'll talk about some potential playoff matchups and why people should be fearing this Ravens team. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on the show. First, this show is sponsored by LinkedIn. And when you're hiring for a small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And I've had a ton of great experiences on there, whether it's finding jobs, networking, which is really key on there too. And it's really important to have quality candidates to interview and LinkedIn makes it really easy to find them. LinkedIn doesn't just set up the job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals to make it the best place to hire. Plus hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact. Ladies, if you've been a small business, you get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thank you with LinkedIn. The process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free on LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to push job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
We're back our second segment of the Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Kadri Ismail and Q. With you right now, I'm going to clear something up because you called me out for it on social media. You know exactly, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was yeah. not, I was Man, not boy. No, I was not supporting the Cleveland Browns. Uh, why you, why you, why, um, yeah, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. As long as Joe Flacco is a member of the Cleveland Browns, I think that, look, you can, there's a sense of, oh, well, people have to hate Joe Flacco and be mad at Joe Flacco. It's, it's a common medium where to me, I was just putting out there pictures of Joe Flacco, funny pictures of Joe Flacco. How I really feel about the Joe Flacco situation is it's a division rival. It's the Cleveland Browns. And the Brown, and on top of it, the Browns are potentially in the way of the Ravens right now. And you could potentially see Joe Flacco coming back. Now, there have been people who are rooting for Joe Flacco on the Browns to play well, to win games. I think, look, if Joe plays great, awesome, but I want Cleveland to lose. The Browns, the Browns need to lose their games. Now, you call me out on it on social media. And I just want to set the record straight that I'm not rooting for Cleveland. As long as Joe Flacco is on Cleveland, I'm not rooting for him. Because, look, there is a potential here, Q, that Joe Flacco could be coming back to M&T Bank Stadium as a member of the Browns. January Joe in the flesh. Maybe he's playing this Ravens team. And that, that's going to be crazy from a storyline perspective. I'm telling you right now, when I saw, like, the, the quote-unquote love for Joe and all that, I was like, wait a minute. This is my boy, Kevin. There's no way he's fanboying right now. And yes, we saw some funny pictures, but that's like giving that positive energy vibe out there to Browns Nation. No, 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 no. You could have given some of that pictures and all that last year. He was with the Jets. It didn't matter. And he sucked. Now, all of a sudden, he's on a team. They got Amari Cooper. They got Miles Garrett and all that. The mugs are playing well. They're potentially going to be in our way. We ain't trying to have that. Let Joe be Joe. Go out there and be, you know, playoff Joe, January Joe and all that jazz. But then let it just run out. Let it be Cleveland Jinx Browns. And, hey, y'all had a good run. Great job. Oh, boy. Woo, man. Oh, what are you going to do? You going to bring Joe back for next year? Oh, man. You know, Sean Watson, we don't know about that shoulder. Oh, let all that happen for the pundits out there in Cleveland. Let us over here in, in, in Raven Nation, let the flock just have our, our love and our positive energy. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> half of the flock, I'm just saying, Kevin, like, uh, <laughs> please be mindful. You know, we love Joe. He hooked us up. Man, I was on a radio call when we went to Denver and he beat up on Peyton Manning's team and my high miracle, and I'm yelling in the background the whole nine yards talking junk to the Broncos fans. So I'm appreciative of Jim. But can we at least just be like, listen, Joe, play well, but not well enough to win. And look, I think honestly it'd be the same conversation if it was Lamar on the Browns. Love Lamar, right? Got a lot of love for Lamar. But if he was on the Steelers or the Browns, it'd be the I'd still be posting funny pictures, by the way, Q, but I still think. That again, it's division rival there in the way. But you look at all these other teams in the AFC playoff picture right now with Cleveland. Joe's still throwing some interceptions despite how well he's playing. And they just have a litany of injuries right now. Miami has injuries. They're still a really good team, but it seems like every other week an injury happens for them to a key player. Kansas City has fallen apart between our right before our eyes. Jacksonville, I think, is already falling apart right before our eyes. 
I think, you know, Buffalo's playing really well. Houston has, hasn't had C.J. Stroud the past couple of weeks. Denver's has benched Russell Wilson for financial reasons. I mean, the Ravens right now, not that they don't have issues. They're, again, they're not a perfect team, but I think they're the most complete team. They're the most balanced team. They're the team with, for lack of a better term, their head on their shoulders the right way. Right now, I mean, is there a team that you would fear the Ravens playing in the playoffs right now and you would say, oh, I, I'm really scared of what this team could do to the Ravens? Now, as much as I just went on that rant about, you know, the Browns and all that and Joe, uh, I think them or the Steelers uh, technically kind of give me some angst only because, yeah, they're 21 against the NFC. Um, Other teams, when they go up against them, like a Dolphins team, they know them because of the AFC, but it's, it's a scenario where, for whatever the reason, just because you're in this NFC or AFC North, you you know one another. You play each other twice a year. And so the small wrinkles, a, a Nick Bosta who rushed up field and got after Joe, and then all of a sudden, I'm sorry, excuse me, Lamar, and then all of a sudden you got like a Miles Garrett rushing up the field, getting after Lamar. Like that's two different fields or, or – you know, um, T.J. Watt, like that's a different feel. Like I, I kind of know Lamar. I know what to do. And and that's where like my – I want to use the word fear because they're, they're doing what they do, but that's where my concern would be compared to a team that doesn't really uh, see, you know, the the likes of Lamar and, and what, you know, he he does. So, you know, that that kind of is my take on it, you know, and and, and – I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think they need to fear. I think they need to continue to be the underdog mentality of like we haven't earned anything yet. Let's stay locked in. Yeah, again, I think that the Ravens are the best team in the league and they should not like fear anybody in terms of, oh, we are so overly matched here. But that doesn't mean that a team can't come into your stadium and, and kick you in the mouth like Tennessee did in 2019. Now, again, two very different teams here. But it's the concept where you're right. Underdog mentality, I think, is the best way to go. If you get, if you pump yourself up too much, you inflate that ego a little too much, it can come back to bite you. Now, I don't think the Ravens have those guys in that locker room. I think their mindset is very much connected and very much the right one. But, I mean, still. But even though the Ravens, they're in this position, they're the best team in the league, it's not, again, like they don't have issues. Are there any issues to UQ that you think might come back to bite them in the playoffs if they don't figure it out in these last two weeks? Is there anything that concerns you that, oh, maybe this could be the Achilles heel of the Ravens if they don't get it together? I think the talk on X, formerly known as Twitter, and I liked how our colleagues Sarah and Bobby had on Steve Young and he talked about like the development of Lamar. Then you had Kurt Warner break down the play of Lamar and the offense. And one of the things that I saw that it's not necessarily a concern, but he was like, you know, can these off schedule plays, can it win them or advance them into the playoffs and win them a Super Bowl. And I think Lamar is used to uh, it, but he's right. Like there has to be, you know, a Bateman can't drop a ball. Uh, uh, you know, Zay Flowers has to know it, its zone, sit down in the zone and make the catch. 
Um, little things like that, you know, offensively, you know, that safety doesn't happen if now coaching wise during the week you coach up uh, Isaiah likely to be a hot read and, and get him the ball real quick. You know, little things along those lines, because I think that's the maturing level of this offense in the next step, if you will, because if they do take that next step, I think it's it's really difficult for a team to to go up against a Lamar Jackson led football team just because Lamar is so dang on special. Yeah. And he's, again, a problem that no other team, you know, has. And that's a good thing. He's a good problem for the Ravens, a bad problem for everybody else because of what he can do. And I think that, again, he and a lot of people have said this, but if you're facing the Ravens compared to another offense, if you're a defense, it's not 10 on 11 where Lamar accounts, you know, you, you can't Lamar doesn't just hand the ball off and, and he's stagnant. You know, he does so many other things where he is another player on that team where you got to account for. In fact, he is the player on that offense you have to account for, which I just think makes the Ravens offense so much more dangerous. Now, again, if they had Mark, if they had Keaton and JK, all those guys, We'd be talking about a little different of a story, but still, regardless of not having those playmakers in there, Lamar is this team. They go as far as he goes, and I'm excited to see him over these next couple of weeks in the playoffs, how he ends up performing. Coming up, we'll, re we'll recap the 49ers game a little bit, talk about Kyle Hamilton and his re-aggravation of the injury, plus, of course, that Dolphins game coming up here. Big battle for the one seed. Stay tuned. A lot to get to on Lockdown Ravens. First, this show is sponsored by DoorDash. And for me, I'm a big food guy. And sometimes a game goes to a timeout or it's halftime one. I want to get some food and there's nothing there for me. That's when I know it's time to order with DoorDash. And DoorDash has a ton of different options, whether you want the game day package, so pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, even just buns. DoorDash has it and get it all delivered to you without missing the game. Or if you're a big snack person, I know I am, you can get some chips, dips, nachos, everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash as well. And you can get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers or all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. You can get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and the code LOCK23. Some exchange terms apply. Plus, you can kick back and kick off with unbeatable deals and everything you need for the watch party or the tailgate that you're hosting. 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and the code LOCK23. Some exchange terms apply. One more time, don't forget to use code LOCK23. 50% off of the $10 value when your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, some exchange terms apply. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team was. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action. And the app is super easy to use, too. There's a wide range of betting options. It includes spreads, player props, overrunners, and more. So this Ravens game coming up. A big one against the Miami Dolphins. Maybe you want to bet on an Odo Beckham Jr. Anytime touchdown. Or maybe Kyle Hamilton interception. You want to pick the Ravens to win. FanDuel has so many different options for you. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back rounding out Lockdown Ravens. Kevin Ostriker here with Kadri Ismail talking Ravens football. Talking about... The NFL leading Baltimore Ravens, 12-3 and three on the season. Best record, number one seed in the AFC. And they did that cue by stomping on the 49ers in San Francisco. This was a 5-3 to three game at the end of the first quarter. But the Ravens go on a 30-7 to seven run in the second and third to get this thing broken open. Again, 
five interceptions from Brock, well, five interceptions from the 49ers, four for Brock and one for Sam Darnold. But the point, the MVP conversation has been huge here. Purdy has the four interceptions. Sam Darnold comes in. What does Sam Darnold do? He leads him down the field for a touchdown. To me, the MVP, as we've talked about, we talked about it last week, if Lamar gets taken out for Tyler Huntley, no, no disrespect, Lamar, the drop-off and the floor and the ceiling of the offense is so much different, I think, than any other player. Lamar's the most valuable player to the Ravens, and he would be on any other team as well. But, again, Brock Purdy throws an interception on the first drive after getting – the Ravens defense got walked down the field by George Kittle. And then Brock Purdy throws the interception. I did not think Brock Purdy played the same after that. I thought he played scared. He was hesitant. And it's partially what you were talking about early. This Ravens defense is physical. They will hit you in the mouth. And if you don't respond, they'll keep hitting you until you're down. I, you know, I, I think that's uh, interesting. When you look at what Kyle Shanahan's offense was doing to other teams and straight bullying them, running the ball, they would run it on the edge. You had Christian McCaffrey. They had tight ends, double tight ends, ceiling down, and all of a sudden Christian is going up. You got Brandon Ayuk, great downfield blocking receiver, a big play guy himself. You got, you know, Debo Samuels, who, you know, he's a, a monster as far as just run after catch. Nullified it all. Made them look average. 19 points, just average. I think the way in which, and you even said it as far as Sam Darnold, they let off the gas just a little bit. And I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing because then they turned the gas right back on and they went out there and got up to Sam Darnold. Sam was like, okay. I thought I was going to be able to have some level of like a resurgence, but no, these guys are no joke. Um, the great Trent Williams, best tackle in football, like they made him look human. He had to come out of the game. I mean, if Mike McDonald and his defense, like goodness gracious, they're not up for some sort of something kind of award, you're just missing out. I, I, I love the way – the game planning was, I love the way that, yeah, you said it, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, people, it's funny because pundits were like, well, you know, some of those balls are tipped or whatever. Those are interceptions. There were turnovers. This is the NFL. You've got athletic guys. They're going to make plays. And and guys like, you know, Marlon and and, and uh, Brandon Stevens and, and Long Armor of the Law, they all were just out there balling and making life very difficult for, for one Brock Purdy. Yeah, and on that final, well, the couple final drives, Kyle Hamilton was not in the game, so I think there was a difference in how the Ravens defense operated versus obviously when he's in there versus when he's out. So Darnold capitalized on that a little bit, but that's a story here, Q, because Kyle Hamilton does, I guess, re-aggravate or was in a ton of pain. He drops down and he holds the knee, and everyone's like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. But he, he got up, was walking around, and at this point, obviously the injury report – Friday's injury report today will tell us a lot more. John Harbaugh has been kind of uh, passive cool. when it passive, yeah, when it comes to the injuries. But w what's your take on that whole thing? I know you dealt with a sprained MCL and a worse one in your career. Is this just him feeling a lot of pain and not necessarily reaggravating it? Did he make it worse? What's kind of your read on the situation? Yeah. So bottom line, he had a grade one MCL sprain. And you'll say, Kaji, how do you know? Because basically there's no way he would have been back out there on the practice field, moving around the way he was prior to this 49ers game. Um, he chose to wear brace on it, which is fine. But the main thing is, is that ligament on the inside of your knee, medial, 
you don't need surgery for it. It can heal itself and usually it takes about six weeks. And so there is this, this bite that happens when, you know, you fall on it or whatever, if it buckles inside, like it's like, whoa, I've had a high grade two MCL sprain. I had to miss a game, the 2000 season, missed the Miami game, uh, but came back because we had a bye week, thankfully. And I came back in and off we went and the rest is history as far as going to the Super Bowl. Um, the, the main thing is pain management, you know, for Kyle and uh, just making sure that, yeah, that bite, that, ah, like something bit me, like, whoa, you you just put yourself in good situations that that doesn't happen. But I don't, I don't see where, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, Kyle is down or, you know, he played tremendous. And I think he should, you know, still, you know, do what he needs to do and, be out there and, and and be fine. Now, speaking of bye weeks, as you just said right there, the Ravens have the potential here to lock up the one seed against the Dolphins and earn themselves a bye week. But then we're right back in the same situation we were in in 2019, Q, and that is last week of the season, Pittsburgh Steelers, you lock up the one seed in the game before. What do you do with the starters? Do you arrest them? Do you play them with a couple of, couple of essentially weeks off from games if you rest Lamar and the guys in week 18? You also then have the buy and is the one seed. So obviously not looking too far ahead. We'll talk about the Dolphins game coming up. Do you think that the Ravens here with their potential couple weeks of buys, how should they be managing the whole thing if that's what it comes down to? Yeah, screw all the management. Play football. Go out there. Win this thing. You won it in 2000 going all the way through not resting because you couldn't. You won it in 2012 going all the way through. Couldn't rest it. Other times you've gone to AFC championship games and you had to play to get to the AFC championship games. You didn't rest anybody then either. Like last I checked, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, did they rest? No, they didn't. So if you are not seriously hurt, if you're not Mark Andrews, if you're not Kyle Hamilton, I want to hear all this rest business. I want to hear so I want you to be hungry underdog, let's go, let's play. F Scott Fitzgerald, all this nonsense on this rest idea and all that. Miss me with that. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. So, John, this is Kadri. Hey, we remember each other. Yes. I know I'm in the media. This is my boy, Kevin. Kevin is awesome. He knows stuff. We're both talking football about you and your team. Don't rest anybody. Get your championship so you can have an opportunity to go into the Hall of Fame, just like Bill Cowher did. And you can be like, oh, look, guys, Ingrid, my jacket. It is a nice gold jacket. I look pretty in it. You can get the Ring of Honor. You and Brian Billick be up there together and all that. Whoever the next Ravens head coach will be, be like, man, I got big shoes to fill. Oh, oof. Remember that one year where John didn't rest anybody. And now the Hall of Famer, who is Large Jackson, boy, he is unbelievable. Then Kevin Oldstrikers, his son will be like, I remember when my dad was talking with Kadria Smile. And gosh golly, man, they didn't rest anybody. My dad had an amazing show. I'm going to be just like my dad, not rest. Just going to do it. That's what we're going to do. The end. 
I, I hope everybody was able to visualize the next 40 years based off of Q's story. I know I did. I know I visualized everything. And let me tell you, it was perfect how, how you set that one up. But you're right. There's a there's a sense of momentum, right, when it comes to game momentum playing. The Ravens are on a heater right now. They're playing locked in. They're playing football. The disaster obviously comes if, you know, Lamar does play, he gets injured. But you can't be playing scared, I, I think, right? Like, you can't be playing with the assumption that, oh, we're going to play our guys and someone's going to get injured. You, you can't, that, that's playing scared in my opinion. So look, I think that for guys like Kyle Hamilton, who have legitimate, you know, not that, not that we've talked about it, guys on a hundred percent healthy at this time of year, nobody is. Nope. But at this point you rest a guy like Kyle Hamilton. Sure. He has the injury. You let him heal that knee up. But for guys who don't have anything crazy going on, there's definitely an argument for playing those guys, but obviously everybody's going to be playing who can in this Dolphins game in week 17 because nothing is clinched yet. There's no buy clinched. There's no one seed clinched. Dolphins can play for the one seed themselves. If they win this game and they went out against Buffalo as well in week 18, that would be their one seed. Now, the Dolphins have a ton of injuries. It's unclear right now if Jalen Waddle's going to play, Raheem Mostert, Devin A. Chain, a lot of those guys, but Dolphins team is tough. Their defense was atrocious the first month of the season. They've really picked it up, especially after the Jalen Ramsey return. He's been great for them. There's an old friend over there to Sean Elliott, who's been playing pretty solid football. So that's another storyline. And plus, you got to worry about Tyree Kill, who is injured, has the ankle, but played last Jaylen week. Jalen Waddle has a high ankle sprain, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Play, played <laughs> again. Well, Tyreek played against Dallas. He, he made an impact, and that's a guy you got to keep on your radar at all times. How do you think Baltimore matches up with Miami Q? Yeah, so I, I think the fact that they've seen uh, two offenses that are very similar to what they're going to see in Miami. And, you know, I think Sean McVay's quarterback, as well as his receivers, were very competent. Um, again, I think it's, it's one of those cases where long arm of the law, you know, he's done an amazing job of, of knifing in and not allowing a quick game to come about in those quick passes. Um, I think that that same thing, you know, we saw, why am I drawing a blank on Marlon? We saw Marlon do an amazing job of stopping Debo Samuels as far as quick game as well and knifing in there. So there's there's some really good stuff. Raheem Mozart, I mean, he's a beast. And, and you don't just score that many touchdowns just by being, you know, average. But uh, I think, you know, with, with, with Travis Jones and the way he was, you know, moved around on that D-line, that's like a new wrinkle. Um, I think it frees up some things for the for the front. Um, you know, that that is just what we're going to see as far as like, you know, what Miami brings to the table. But I like defensively some of the the, the matchups and the way in which, you know, Mike McDonald has been been uh, doing things. And, you know, offensively, you 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 got to stick with it. You got to stick with, you know, the off schedule of plays. Cool. But the. The on schedule. This is another reason why I wouldn't want to rest is because, yeah, you know, you're still you're still trying to groove. You're still trying to get that, that you know, sharpening your your knife, if, if, if you will, and 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 let it become a, a, a beautiful samurai sword. You know, um, you, you just can't rest. So I, I look at it from a matchup aspect of things. Sure, their defense has done an amazing job. Sure. Uh, there are some things that, you know they present defensive front wise that that's pretty impressive, but I like the fact that, you know, the offensive line going up against another defensive front in the 49ers, they really held up and held up big. So this is another challenge. Yeah. And I think that Baltimore can exploit Miami potentially with their pass rush. Miami's offensive line has been beat up for a lot of the season. They might be getting some guys back this week, but 
again, at this point, Baltimore knows what they're playing for. Should be a good game. Q, I appreciate you hopping on. Thanks so much for your time, for talking Ravens. I think this, look, the Ravens have given me a reason to pick against them. So I'm going to pick them again. I think I maybe like a four-point game is what I'm going to go with. 23-19, 24-20, I think that's where I am. So, you know, I, I disrespected the Ravens defense in saying that it would be a close game. And I think I said 23-20 or something. I mean, our offense, it, it's its humming along. The, the flock, we sit back, we watch. I think the Ravens, they win this game. I, I honestly think that they could put up, you know, 30 again, 30-plus um, again. But, uh, you know, this 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 is a track meet when it comes to, to the Dolphins. And, you know, I, I think it's more like 37 37-29 Ravens. Mm, high scoring. That, that, those are That's fireworks aplenty on New Year's Eve. So I think the NFL would love that. And look, if the Ravens come out with a win, doesn't matter how they do it. They want to know they lock up that one seed. That's the important part. Hugh, I appreciate you again. Thanks so much. And thank you for tuning in to Locked on Ravens today. Be sure to subscribe and follow along. Audio form, video form, wherever you get your shows. We'll be right back here on Sunday after the Ravens game, live on YouTube, talking about what happened. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here then on Locked on Ravens.